So we're talking about, and we talked about it last time, we're talking about it this time, the things that uh, we're doing, the things that our channel and our ecosystem needs to do to transition their business to the contemporary to contemporary opportunity that Jay, you spoke about. Um, are we doing enough? There's, you know, three, there'll be 450 next year in that software stack. <laughs> are, are, are those SaaS, channel SaaS players and all of us who are trying to inform the 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 the, the traditional channel to pivot are we doing enough no so most of the 183 companies are focusing on where we've been which is a transactional based channel allowing vendors at scale to run gold silver bronze programs and 100 program elements that all get anchored on the financial transaction when you go and look at microsoft who's bringing on 7500 new partners every single month and 80% of them are non-transacting, most of this tech stack gets neutered because they don't know how to do attribution. They don't know how to do these non-transacting, non-financial programs. So I have a new category last year, you know, with 18 companies, and then this year with 36 companies called ecosystem tech. And almost every day we're seeing new news. Yesterday, one of the companies, Tackle.io, who by the way, helps you get on marketplaces, just got invested by $35 million by Anderson Horowitz and uh, Bessemer. You know Anderson as the company, PE, that backed every company that your kids know today. Facebook, Twitter. They've chosen every winner for the last 20 years. They took a small company with 60 people in Buffalo in, in, in the U.S. and basically anointed them a winner because of that 17% we're calling that's going to go marketplace. 17% 17% of three and a half trillion, every one of the 10,000 vendors are going to have to get on AWS and Microsoft and Google and Salesforce and IBM and Oracle and SAP and about 20 super winning marketplaces. None of them distribution, by the way, today. Yep. They have to get on the 20 winning marketplaces. That's all Tackle does is goes and helps you get on all these marketplaces without draining all your development you know, resources to go do it. Mm-hmm. So that's a winner out of the 36 companies. There are other companies in there. There's about 10 of them that are growing by triple digits that are bringing in tens of millions of dollars of private equity attention that are actually building technology that is forward focused over the next decade. And that's the difference here is moving out of this linear supply chain and moving into ecosystem tech where it could be traditional partners, non-traditional. It could be transacting partners or non-transacting. And it's 10 or 100 times the size of your current channel. Last thing I'll say is last week when IBM committed a billion dollars to build out an ecosystem, their channel chief, David LaRose and Partner World is probably not gonna get much of that, if any. They're gonna put in a new world of say, how do we go and monetize the 28 years that we've won the patent race? We own the IP for AI and automation and blockchain and quantum, and we've dropped revenue for seven straight years. The previous CEO just got fired. The new CEO finally got the epiphany, got religion, that the transacting channel is not going to help IBM monetize this mountain of IP that they're sitting on. And if they don't go and start getting the size of channel like Microsoft's doing right now, they're going to be obsolete in the next decade. Absolutely. So this is the story of ecosystems. Yeah, Scott, when we talk to vendors about what Jay's talking about, and we do, 
So um, I don't want to spend too much time preaching to each other's choir. What I want to do is address the elephant in the room, and that is um, absolutely what Jay's saying is what we're seeing. Um, but these vendors are more and more reliant on their traditional channel to execute their customer retention and uh, partner retention. Um, and they're telling us, but I'm not seeing it. And what they're also telling us is they think that their value is in marketplaces, but are already commodity. Their value needs to be monetizing the installed base that we already have and transitioning that into where it needs to go. And there are essential tools out there, ISF.com, uh, is is a clear uh, is a clear uh, leader. When I say, are we doing enough? Don't think about it from the Scotty from the terms of we are actually drinking from a high fire hose right now, and there's plenty of of of, of there's plenty of opportunity. Um, but how do you get from where we are right now to where Jay's talking about where it becomes ubiquitous? Well, that's a tough one. I think. If you look at some of the uh, large manufacturers we're engaged with at the moment, first of all, they can't see what they can't see. They can't see through the channel. The channel's provided nothing. We've got distributors that don't even track serial numbers. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But the first thing they've got to do is be able to see the base. The second thing is they've got to offer the opportunity to migrate customers, resellers, and ultimately distributors into consumption. And that's where the old school guys like the IBMs and HPs, et cetera, that's why they're moving and why IBM's spending so much money because they've got to migrate themselves very, very quickly or uh, to Jay's point, lose the race. But Microsoft and AWS don't have the legacy of typewriters and things that IBM has. So they've got to, IBM's got to accelerate that vision. And I, you, with all the legacy IBM currently has, that's going to be a challenge, but if they bring in the right people and they're open to change and we're back to this embracing change piece again, then they've absolutely got the wherewithal to do it. To Jay's point, they've got the um, patents to do it. I mean, they've got one of the best AIs on the planet that they could absolutely monitor. I'd love to have access to that thing at $9,000 a month. You know, it would make a huge difference to the data sets that we're carrying. So um, I think the first thing is you've got to be able to see where everything is. You've got to be able to somehow manage uh, the influences that are coming on board and the services partners that don't actually uh, transact financially with you or your channel. So there's there's this visibility piece. And I know, you know, of, of our part of the tech stack is we're coming from um, the product and services and cloud consumption, the actual physical uh, part of the supply chain. Others are coming at it from a lot higher up, but really visibility is number one. And And I can't tell you, one manufacturer that we've uh, approached and then successfully onboarded, they've had any of that visibility up to date. So they don't know what they're missing out on because they just don't know what they've got. Uh, I'm going to a, a quick, I'm going to move over quick because it's just occurred to me that uh, some of the people who watch our channel may be sitting there going, what do they mean by ecosystem? What do I mean, we mean by, let me quickly define it. What the it's the, an ecosystem of influences in the, in, in the change. Uh, Jay refers to it in his research as the, ch the channel is no longer linear. What we mean by that is the vendor, it used to be vendor, distributor, reseller, end customer, but now it's not. It's just a pool of people informing a decision that the end customer makes to transform. The, the, the vendor creates the tech still. The distributor opportunity in uh, that we're talking about right now is in automation and uh, of the transformation opportunity in particular. 
the plant contract is still there to design and deliver on customer success and using technology. We have this massive category that, that uh, Jay tracks, you know, the channel, uh, channel SaaS, channel, the, the channel software uh, players, the, you know, let's call it 500 by next year. Uh, they provide the tools to do it. All right, which is essential. And in, 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 incidentally, there is a lot of pressure on those companies to say, well, if the traditional channel is not doing it, why don't you become the, the SaaS? And why don't you hold title on all this stuff? And that starts to talk to a, a new layer in, 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 the, in the influencer stack. You've also got what, what I keep talking about, the big six accounting firms who are coming in it from a risk point of view and influencing that. The VCs and the PEs are basically saying, I need operational efficiency. And as all this change, it changes, and I want it. So they're influencing from that. It's non-linear. It's all over the place. How about we talk about who's winning in terms of the influencer? Who's winning from a vendor? Uh, who's winning from a distributor? And who's winning from a, well, a traditional vendor, traditional distributor, and a traditional uh, prime contractor in being able to, they've already made this transition. Don't have to talk about names. We can be generic, but it gives our viewers and our listeners the, 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 an idea of this is happening and how to potentially do it. Uh, Jay, I'll start with you, mate. Yeah, so let me tell a story. Uh, it's an Love ecosystem it. story and it's a story that a Wall Street banker would tell. And you've probably never heard the story said this way. Because if I ask you the question, who's gonna become the next trillion dollar tech company? You, you, know, you may know that Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and Google and Facebook have already achieved trillion. Some of them have achieved two trillion now. So the question is, who's going to be next? Who's the sixth trillion dollar company? Is it going to be Dell? Is it going to be IBM? Is it going to be Cisco? You know, as you go down the, who's going to be next? Tesla. And I'm going to tell you, <laughs> actually, they're not. Because there's 365 kinds of cars. And in all the major car companies now have announced electric by 2035. Some of them by 2030. They're just going to become, you know, the Apple. Another one. Car industry, Another and one. Apple's coming in too. Yeah. So, I, I probably start removing your <laughs> Tesla investments at the moment. Which yeah. a lot of people here's the story I want to tell. Salesforce is going to become the next trillion dollar company. And this, here's exactly why. Obviously, they won the CRM battle. They've added clouds. They've added M&A. Today, they're at 25 billion. They were the first company to come out with a multiplier. For every dollar of Salesforce, there's $4.65 of downstream software, hardware, and services that gets added. So there's an ecosystem. And if Mark Benioff stands up, he always multiplies his revenue by five to make himself sound, self sound bigger than Oracle. <laughs> so they won their market. They got recognition for winning their market. They became the most predictable financial company in the history of capitalism. For 20 straight years, every quarter, they grew 30% year on year, like clockwork. If they weren't gonna make it organically, they went and made an acquisition. Yep. You know, from Tableau to Slack, all the way down the list. Here's a company that, from a banking perspective, is a lock. So now they're at 25. They've announced they're going to get to 50 in four years. How are they going to do it? By hook or by crook. They're going to acquire and organically grow. And they're also bringing on 250,000 new partners in the ecosystem. They've gone a step further and said, we don't want any transacting partners. There's a reason for this. We want every dollar to go to the app exchange. So we want influencers and we want retention partners. We don't want anybody in the middle. We don't want distribution. We don't want anybody involved. So that announcement. Now they come and they become a $50 billion company. Today on the app exchange, 
a customer will buy an average of six other products and they tax those products at 15%, like Apple charges yep. the New York Times, like Microsoft, like Facebook. As a platform company, you can do federal government taxation. So today, the idea is there's an additional dollar for every Salesforce dollar that they can tax at 15%. Five years from now, the taxation, the, the multiplier will be $5.80, hardware, software, and services, distributing bits, atoms, and services yep. through their marketplace. They own the fund. They're not just going to sell customers $100,000 for the product. They're going to sell them $580,000 for the solution. In that deal, if you multiply $5.80 by 15%, they go from a $50 billion company to a $93 billion company literally overnight by taxing the ecosystem. Why is Apple a $2 trillion company on linear iPhone sales? No. Fitness Plus, Apple Plus, News Plus, you know, they got 26 pluses now. Yep. Everyone's watching services. Taxing the ecosystem. When Salesforce taxes the ecosystem, they get to 93 billion. They're going to get the 10 time multiplier. Five years from now, Salesforce is becoming a trillion dollar valued company, surpassing. Today, they're valued higher than Oracle. And somebody thought that it'd be a good idea to put a $25 billion SaaS company and kick off ExxonMobil from the Dow 30. Every financial person in the world looks at the Dow to see how the economy is doing. And somehow there's a small little SaaS company there. There's no one in Wall Street that doesn't think that they built the roadmap to get to a trillion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Why did IBM put a billion dollars last week on the ecosystem? To get back onto the tracks here and to start figuring out the ecosystem and the taxation necessary to get to a trillion dollar valuation, maybe faster than Salesforce can. This is where it all is. There's three pillars. It's an ecosystem, the 250,000 partners. It's a marketplace where all the money changes hands and all the payments and all the whatever you want to participate in. And it's taxation. Yep. Those three elements are what the five companies today have and what everyone competing to get into the club is going to need. iAsset, by the way, is going to deliver the, the actual atoms base of the business, mm. the assets, the infrastructure, the renewals, all of the connective tissue. I think that you'll either be acquired or you'll sell your services to those 20 winning marketplaces. Yep. And who are the distributors of the future? These digital connected tissue marketplaces that have a hardware element that you're going to manage for them, a software that they're going to tax yep. the heck out of, and services, a five-time multiplier that is how they double their revenue. That's it. Yeah, That's the ecosystem story. Jay, um, Scott will come in now because this is a very familiar, a very familiar and uh, conversation, uh, one that we're having with a lot of people at the moment um, in, in the context of uh, are you uh, competing with us or are you helping us? Um, and so many SaaS companies, um, and, and, and I'll take it right back down to what you were talking about with with. Um, Salesforce as well are they competing or are they helping well uh, neither um, are you helping yourself these are tools that are, and you explained it very very well uh, these are tools that help you operate the way you need to operate in the position that you operate in the ecosystem and understand your value 
and deliver on that value. And you're not going to do it alone and you need to be in partnership. So when people say, I'll do it myself, well, Salesforce has already proven that you don't do it yourself. All right. And Apple have proven that you don't do it yourself. And every major tech organization has proven that you don't do it yourself. So if you want to build things that execute on the ecosystem rather than uh, build tentacles into what already exists and operate efficiently and add value there, you will lose. You will lose out to these players. I absolutely agree. But I don't believe that it's dead. Because it's just a matter of us doing a better job, getting everyone to understand. And sometimes you've got to put, put the fear of whatever um, in, 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 into them to get them to understand that. Um, Scott, can you share what I've been talking about from a practical point of view? Don't mention any names, but from a practical point of view, what you're seeing in terms of our customers making that successful transition um, and operating in the market the way Jay has so perfectly put it? Uh, well, I think there's a couple of points. I would clarify again, because I'm kind of the operational guy. The ecosystem, when we're talking about ecosystems, I see the market as a whole lot of lily pads sitting in a pond and they're all isolated silos of data and they've all got a relationship or a connecting index, if you want, between all of those players, whether it's an influencer or a channel partner or a distributor or a vendor, whatever it is, but it cohesively needs to connect. And the problem with um, history is Everyone wants to do it for themselves, which I understand because they want competitive advantage. But what they're not getting is today's market is not siloed competitive advantage. You need influencers or channel partners or whoever it is to actually fully bolt into your offering. This has to be one uh, delivery mechanism, one sell, one everything rather than, you know, I've got this and I can do Cisco a little bit better and I've got a couple of engineers, et cetera. You've got to join all these dots together to give this single pane of glass. And underlying that, um, you've got this transition going on between CapEx into OpEx consumption pieces. So again, my thing is our customers, when, when you expose install base to our customers and, you know, we get some pretty ratty data uploaded initially, but when you expose that to them, that's the first time they've ever seen the install base. It's yeah. created all sorts of opportunities that they've never seen before. Now it's how do they move it from this state to the consumption state or how do I integrate into other uh, influencer networks to make this even more powerful? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is gold. I, I just hope that everyone just takes the time to really listen to this three times and get to understand <laughs> it. But, but if you don't and you don't have time, what I'll do is... And we I think Jay's pretty consistent. I hear his message all the time. <laughs> we, we don't have a lot of time left, so I want to do this. I, I really do want to just give our, 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 our viewers um, and our ecosystem extreme value right now, and I'll bring it back to are we doing enough. I'm going to ask you both this question. I'll start with you, Scott. Um, What's the three-point business plan, whether you're a vendor, a distributor, or a, uh, a prime contractor in the traditional sense, you need to move to this new way of, of, of massive opportunity. Let's just call it this massive opportunity, and you have to move towards it. You have to pivot towards it. You've got to leave everything, everything else behind. Uh, what's the three-point business plan? And Jay, I will ask you as well, what's the three-point business plan? But Scott, let me start with you. What's the three-point business plan if you're either of those three traditional entities? Well, so first up, accept what you've got today. The second part of the business plan is trap every bit of data that's currently flowing around the network somewhere. 
just trap it because it's going to take you a while to work out what to do with it. But lots of people and distributors especially are really bad at capturing all that point of sale data that is flowing through their network. Then adapt your systems, whether it's ISET.com or you make your Excel macros work even better. You need to then go and remarket to you the value back to your partners, whether it's vendor or, or reseller. If you're down in the reseller space, you need to be more adept at uh, the services and influencing part that Jay talks about, because if the transactional piece is going away to these marketplaces, you've got to defend your position, which is the prime advisor to uh, that end customer relationship. And, you know, as a manufacturer, if you haven't moved everything to cloud or at least offering a consumption part of your tech stack, then you're already behind the A-ball. I mean, how long were we talking about cloud consumption? You know, it is bureau computing of the 80s. It's just we've got color screens now. Essentially, essentially. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Jay, what are your, what's your three-point business plan? Yeah, simple. Number one is you always start with your customer. Get obsessed over your customer's journey now that never ends. It renews every 30 days forever. Right from yep. the moment they think they have a problem, how they go through their digital or digital-only journey, how they get to vendor selection, how they move on to renewals. Number two is get obsessed over the routes to market that your customer is evolving to. You know, we think that 17% of them will buy through a marketplace. We think that an increasing number of them are gonna be buying through a product-led growth, like a Zoom thing where at 40 minutes, you type in your credit card number. We think that direct-to-consumer is gonna play a role when the future B2B buyer looks like a consumer. So the Dollar Shave Club or, you know, these different type of consumption models. Just get obsessed about how they're going to buy and make sure you're working in 100% of your market TAM. There's obviously going to be a channel. There's going to be distribution. But keep it in line and keep your investments in line with where your customer is. Mm. And then number three, get out of the friggin' boardroom after you've thought about those two things and get into the communities where your customer is. What they read, where they go, who they follow is critical. And 99% of the companies, including some of the big ones we mentioned today, it's lost on them the fact that they're not in those communities having conversations. They're not in the social groups. They're not in the magazines. They're not in the associations. They're not in the 150 events. They're not in the vendor communities. They're nowhere to be found. Hmm. And, you know, they think that they're one program away. They think they're one product away or one price point away. The four P's that you learned in college. They're just completely missing the whole point of how the channel works and how vendor selection happens in the channel and how influence happens. And just, you know, get out. And today it's virtual, but soon it'll be back on yeah, planes. Absolutely. Mm, but yeah. if you're not in these communities, it's over my shoulder. I've got hundreds of logos of the places that, you know, every one of your partners is in learning today and getting influenced. Mm. And most of the vendors just are just, you know, missing in action. I think I think a big part of the problem, Jay, is that everyone learnt the four P's in college. It was a right-wing conspiracy theory because product, <laughs> price, promotion, and place. Where's the freaking customer in that? Right. And customer success is everything now. It's taken us like five decades to work out that without the customer being successful, we've all got nothing. I will add, well, that was your first point, but I will add a, a, a fourth to yours, Jay, and that is don't fight uh, who's, who's being successful uh, go and align with them. Go and align with them because we're all walking each other home here and no one's gotten 100% right yet and we will get it all right. But align rather than just uh, argue. And I, I know you get a lot of hate mail. 
you know, because you're trying to tell people what, the truth and they don't want to hear the truth, which is just a nonsense. And, and I do thank you again, mate. I, I hope I've covered your 10 predictions in a practical way. Um, if I have missed anything out, please go for it now and then we'll close up. Yeah, my closing comment uh, in the digital connective tissue of all of this, something that's changed in the last 60 days, two words, enterprise credits. When there's a million software companies, when there's over a million emerging tech companies, when there's millions of channel partners, the permutations are not something that a distributor or humans can handle. Mm -hmm. And we're out of the mode now of trying to figure out the seven layer stack and all the services and everything to make everything work for 35 million customer permutations. What you do now is you just sell them credits yep. and they can drag down those credits, draw them down by hardware, by software, by services, by whatever they need to solve their problems. If they get to the credit level, you start amplifying those credits and giving them further discounts. The people that offer those credits, the 20 winning marketplaces, those salespeople are paid just as much to sell your product or services as their own. Absolutely. Customers, CFOs love it, vendors love it, partners love it, everyone loves it. It's the new way for the next decade. And Microsoft, AWS, Google, uh, Salesforce, all of their executive compensation and sales compensation, the quotas on the floor are changing to credits. Yep. We're, we're post-SKU, we're post-product as we look at the next, in, next you know, generation of our industry. That is so huge, that. That is so huge. It's worth a discussion on itself. And I am now convinced that you two talk behind my back. <laughs> you talk, talk this every day. Well, I know, I know Jay's got to go, but uh, as luck would have it, Jay, we already built that for one of our uh, enterprise class customers so that, uh, you know, end users could uh, buy as many credits as they want and then consume them through whichever partner and we marry all the money up at the back. Yeah, very See, this, is why, this, is, this is why Scott should be Canadian because he's always skating to where the puck is going to be. Well, Australian Canadian, we're not that different. That's true. Just, you guys it's, just bears, it's just bears versus snakes. There's another one hour conversation. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, thanks, guys, guys. Thank you very, very much again. That was really powerful. Uh, can't wait to do this again. Wonderful to have you back on the channel. Uh, I hope I did justice to your predictions, Jay. And um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Until uh, next time, uh, be blessed, be safe, and uh, see you then. Cheers. All right. Take care.